Almost every successful person begins with two beliefs. The future can be better than the present, and I have the power to make it so. Welcome to Be Kindred's Words with Friends, a series of couch conversations with inspiring female entrepreneurial types pursuing their business dream. Each podcast, we explore a new theme that elevates and empowers fierce women just like you chasing their passion in business. We exist to help you overcome the overwhelm of going it alone. And we do this through connection, collaboration, and helping you to take action. My name is Penny Lacasso, founder of Be Kindred. Let's get to it. So today on the Be Kindred couch, we're with inspiring Benita Grimaldi. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Chatting about pursuing passion and risk-taking by le- leaping into a career that you love. So for those of you who haven't heard of Benita, she has a diverse background. It includes uh, study in arts and education uh, with the degree majoring in English, drama and sociology. She's also spent several years singing, dancing and acting, so she's certainly got a creative spirit. But what's interesting is her most recent venture, which saw her take a huge leap of faith and create the Salute the Sun Yoga Festival, which was a first for the city of Melbourne. Welcome to the couch, Benita. Thank you. So let's kick off. You're 26 years old, which is still quite young to be operating in the space of starting to to leap. So tell us a little bit about your career journey pre-Salute the Sun Yoga Festival. Well, I went straight from school into a teaching degree. I always knew that I wanted to, I guess, educate and support people. Um, So I went straight into a full-time teaching degree and then went straight into teaching. And I taught years six to years 12, English drama and sociology. Um, And then I moved over to Melbourne with the intention to one day open up a performing arts agency and be an agent. And I wanted to do a full-time acting course so that I could gain those connections and understand more about the acting world in order to be like the best acting agent. Then I fell in love with Lululemon Athletica. Um, I started there as a seasonal casual one Christmas and realized they have this incredible community side to them Mm. and I've kind of yeah my path was a little bit diverted from that in a great way in an amazing way I've just yeah found this love of connecting my community. So tell me a little bit about what it was that made you I suppose so engaged with Lululemon because I know they're really big on helping or supporting young women in terms of goal setting and looking at um, what they want to do longer term outside of the company, which I think is always really interesting. So how did that play into your, I suppose, change in direction? Yeah, I mean, initially um, I just liked the look of the beautiful product, of course. <laughs> um, I mean, who doesn't? But you're right, there is this side of Lululemon that is so supportive of your goals and your vision and they just remind you that anything is really possible mm. and they're, they're absolutely the best fan club you could ever have like they're literally just your cheerleaders no matter what you write down in your vision like I could write that I wanted to be a unicorn and as long as I had the appropriate (laughs) steps to get there they would they would back me wow I like that a unicorn (laughs) (laughs) 
So tell us a little bit about where the idea um, came from in terms of creating Melbourne's first yoga festival. Um, I love yoga. I love um, anything where I can move my body. Um, and I know that a lot of people do as well. They like, especially in Melbourne, like people love to be fit. They love to be healthy. I didn't find a lot of this kind of thing right in the city, like um, festivals in the city, really accessible. I found that they were all three or four hours out and I loved them. I loved going out three or four hours drive out, um, you know, hire a car, you go out there, you take the weekend off work, but that's not always achievable or accessible for everyone. Yeah, Everyone's pretty busy. We've all got, you know, how many jobs and families and friends and all the rest. Yeah. So for me, having a one-day accessible festival was the goal, something really local. Cool. So um, you were working full-time at Lululemon Mm -hmm. when you started to plan, obviously, taking the leap into creating the festival. How did you make a start when you were already so busy? Um, I Yeah, I was working full-time at Lululemon and I have – I have a couple of other side businesses as well. I think I'm just the type of person that really likes being busy. Like I thrive from being busy. I find that if I've got an eight-hour shift and, um, you know, another side business in the afternoon and dinner plans, I have to wake up at six to get my yoga class in because I don't have the choice. And, mm. and doing those things, like doing my workout and doing – um, keep, you know, keeping my body moving and healthy just, I guess, helps with maintaining that busy schedule. So I thrive from being busy. So I like being busy. And the busier I am, the more I seem to get done. Can you tell us a little bit about the biggest risk you took in relation to creating the festival? Probably having a festival outside in Melbourne. And <laughs> <laughs> it's a massive risk. <laughs> like was the scariest and probably the most stressful thing. Not knowing um, anyone who lives in Melbourne knows the unpredictability of the weather. Um, Money, if I'm going to be really honest, was a massive gamble. I had no idea how many people I might get at Mm. my first event Um, and what do you judge that from. So I think weather, which is out of my control, and money. So what did you do to mitigate against the weather? Um, cross my fingers and cross my toes. So there was nothing you could do? No, there was nothing I could do. I, I 100% um, manifested every day. I visualised every day 26 and sunny, 26 and sunny, 26 and sunny. What was it? 26 and sunny. Really? 100%, yeah, it was 26 and sunny. <laughs> it was 26 and sunny and it was forecast to rain. Wow. Yeah. And so um, how did you – tell us a little bit about the, the financial side. So how did you – you didn't have any idea of ticket sales. You obviously had to invest to create what it was that you were creating. Yeah. What did you – did you come up with any ideas on how you could potentially mitigate your risk in that space? I think for every startup business there's going to be costs. Yeah. I was pretty lucky that I had um, one, like, small sponsor. Mm. And other than that, I – I had a really great mentor, Brooke Franklin yeah. from Lululemon, who helped me with my budgets um, to, you know, forecast ticket sales and things like that. She's incredible when it comes to things like that. So she really helped me to see the minimum number of tickets I had to sell. But there was a lot of trust in it, like trust that what my vision was would be wanted, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Did you find um, 
Oh, we'll get to it later because I think that that's interesting because it leads beautifully into mindset, which we will touch on a little bit later, and and how that plays out when you're taking risk and creating your own um, business dream. The other thing that I think is really important when you're taking a leap is the support structure that you put around yourself mm-hmm. or put in place, yeah? And, you know, some of that is as simple as people, you know, pick, helping you pick yourself up when you fall down um, or helping you get things done. So how did you... How did you create the right support structure to ensure that you could actually deliver the vision that you have? I think I started with the right support structure. Like I have, especially at Lululemon, Mm. like the most incredible support structure. Like even just my boss at the store is such a great support for me. I think that when you have really strong visions and a really strong vision and really strong goals and you share those, Incidentally, people hold you accountable for that. I find that it's too easy to have all these goals that you don't share because you could easily just not do them. I think as soon as you start sharing them and start talking about them, like I had told way too many people before I'd even started, so it was going to happen. I had to follow through. I do think support is one of the most important things. I think whether it's just one person or whether it's 20 people, I think you can't do anything like that without that. And what did you lean on that support structure for most of all? Like what was kind of, where did it help you most? Even just a few different things, like from them taking me out of the thoughts and into, you know, getting into my body, whether they took me to yoga or whether it was to bounce ideas off of, Mm. um, my work were great in that, you know, if I needed to go home early to meet a deadline, they would cover a few hours or so whatever I needed. And I wasn't afraid to ask. Um, I think that's something that they teach you as well. Like all you've got to do is ask. Mm. They can say no, but, you know, you've got nothing to lose. lose. Yeah. So we spoke a little bit earlier about mindset. And, again, I think this is probably one of the most critical components to taking any significant leap. Because, you know, constantly you will be feeling overwhelmed and challenged with what you're doing and it's very easy for a negative mindset to create a massive barrier mm-hmm. in achieving your success. So what did you do to maintain a positive mindset when things got really tough? Look, I think I just kept coming back to my vision. I think from the very start I had a very clear vision of what I wanted to do and my vision was pretty positive, like to create to make yoga and meditation more accessible. Like that's a that's already a positive vision mm. to me. So I constantly came back to that vision and whenever I had challenges, it was just coming back to that, like what is the intention and what is the vision. Um, but again, like I said, like making sure I did have the balance and pulling myself out. I did a lot of yoga in yeah. the lead up. Yeah. Um, and that looks so in like that looks so many different ways to so many different people. It might not be yoga for them, it might be going for a walk, it might be um, going for breakfast, it might be hanging out with the family. Um, for me it was yoga. Every time I seemed to have um, a bit of a roadblock or a bit of a challenge, I went to yoga and I would literally be lying in Shavasana, like um, the end pose, and I would be like, oh well that's that's how I'm going to do it. Like it would just, yeah, as soon as I was back in my body and a bit out of my head, I was able to pull yourself together. Interesting. So tell us a little bit about the biggest mistake you made. 
during the creation of Salute the Sun and what you learned from mm. it. Because I think one of the things that we don't talk about enough is, you know, people talk about the good stuff. I agree. But I think where the value for a lot of people comes in, you know, is the mistakes that we make because yep. it means that we're willing to take risks totally. and test ideas and then learn from them. To be honest, mine actually might have been the fact that I was sometimes a bit impatient and I made some mistakes by rushing my decisions. Yep. Yep. So I am a doer. I, mm. I get shit done. And sometimes I just needed to sit for 10 minutes on an idea or to talk to someone about an idea or to center a piece of artwork or to double check the spelling in the flyer or, you know, things like that, that I felt like time was getting away from me sometimes mm. and I just needed to take a breath. Um, so I would probably say that being present or like being patient is yeah. probably something I needed and rushing was my. It's so interesting mm. that you say that because I think um, I'm extremely similar in the yeah. way that I work. So yeah. I'm known for getting, getting shit done. And what I've learned because my career journey has obviously been a little bit longer than yours is that sometimes it's okay to marinate on things a little bit longer yeah. um, and that often it delivers a better result and also sort of challenging yourself to sort of say you have all these deadlines when you're a doer but the only person creating the deadline often is you. Yep, and you so, can push back. And right. you can push back a day. Um, but I totally, that resonates with me because it's something that I've learned a lot from over the yep. years. And everyone around me was saying it to me, like, take a breath, like, have a break, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting. There's mm-hmm. pros and cons of being a doer and there's pros and oh, cons of being someone who can sit there and bring together an idea over a longer period of time. Yeah, yeah. So most leapers need to be extremely resourceful, obviously, when they're starting up their own businesses because you don't have all of the funds that you would have in a Lululemon or a large corporate. How did you manage um, budget constraints to achieve your vision, you know, and being resourceful? Um, this is something that was a big challenge for me. Yeah. Um, like things like budgeting and spreadsheets and timelines I hadn't done a lot of before this. Wow, yeah. Um, I never really needed to. Even with my teaching degree, I was kind of handed that stuff. <laughs> um, it, it was always a template that I was given. So I had some incredible mentors through Lululemon um, that really supported me, like Brooke and Drew Kraut. They they didn't just handball me stuff. They didn't just hand me something. They really like you know what is it taught the man to fish yeah so you learn how to create budgets yeah Yeah. um so definitely through that I also think I got pretty creative and pretty resourceful um and I'm definitely not I'm not afraid to ask for things um like for example to borrow something rather than buy it yeah um like I had a beautiful bamboo structure that was going to cost me a couple of thousand dollars um and I just asked if I could borrow the bamboo rather than purchase it and it ended up costing me fifty dollars wow yeah so just like I think removing your like your pride a little bit and just like or even just really understanding the value of what you're doing and not being able you know not being afraid to ask for something but also thinking a little bit differently yeah and so sometimes that um you know the obvious choice um may not be the affordable choice yeah money isn't every exchange like there's other ways to 
offer things. Like I, I cooked a lot of meals for a lot of friends. Yeah. I, um, you know, I made a lot of dinners for people helping me pack goodie bags and stamp my goodie bags and things like that. Well, that's a good segue into my next question, which is, um, I mean, I attended the event and I, I personally thought it was, you know, it was fantastic and I'd not seen anything like it in any of the events that I'd been to in Melbourne. So you, and it was obvious at that event, you collaborated with a, a variety of other small business owners who were doing really cool things to add further value to what it was that yep. you were offering. Can you tell us a little bit about how you went about sourcing and implementing those collaborations? Yeah. Um, this is something that I've, I think I've been doing for a few years is really wanting to support small businesses because I, not that I had really ever done it before, but I think I just kind of realized that it would be really hard for them. Mm. Um, and so I've kind of always thrown myself in to support businesses, even just cafes opening up. And that's part of my work with Lululemon as well. Like that's a huge side of what Lululemon does is they just, they just offer support everywhere and there's there's never the expectation of anything in return I think I just wanted to work with businesses that had similar visions or or even just understood my vision yeah um and so it was I guess a no-brainer who I kind of worked with it was people that I've worked with before and people I knew um yeah similar like yeah, similar ideas, I think. Well, it's because, I mean, also from the outside looking in, there was clear alignment in terms of whilst the products and the services that were there were different, they were all centred around this, you know, it was around well-being or feeling good. Yeah. You know, from the massage through to the braided hair. Yeah. Through to, the you know, the kombucha. So it's kind of, there's certainly an alignment in terms of product and the, and the people that these guys are targeting. Yeah. But I think what you're saying, though, is that a lot of it for you comes down as well to the like minds, you know, yeah. and supporting these people who you obviously believe in what they're doing and Absolutely. their products. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I knew that the exposure to all those people would be good for them as well. Like yeah. I want them to succeed and so why wouldn't I want to share 350 yogis with them mm. because I know that they would appreciate their products. Yep. So what advice would you give someone who is considering leaping into their own business dream based on what you've done? I think just to start, just start, start even if you don't feel 100% ready, start especially when you're scared because that means that it's important. Mm. Um, there were so many times throughout that I was really shit scared um, and that is when I knew that it was really important to me and that what I was doing was important. I think share what you're doing with people, share your successes and share your failures and people will hold you accountable for your goals and your dreams that, that support network is really important. Yeah, I think the accountability piece is really important yeah. as well because when you work for yourself, you know, it's it's a lot harder than when you work for a company and you're accountable at the end of the year for, you know, delivering a set of performance indicators or yeah. some goals or what have you. Yeah. So having other people that can actually call you out on that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Since sharing my goals, I've accomplished a huge, like, um, a bigger percent of them definitely than before I used to just keep them to myself. Yourself. Yeah, and that's that's you can always delay things too when they're only in your head. Well, yeah, it's out of fear of, of failure. Like once you say it, if you know, it's always that fear that once you've said it 
and you don't do it, then people will think you failed or I don't know what the story is. But no, I, I don't agree with that anymore. Like I just think that you will achieve it. Yeah. But peer, peer judgment is a huge barrier for a lot of people. People yeah. do, no matter how you, you count it, people do care what other people think of them. Yeah. My last question is, now that you've ticked obviously such a huge box at such a young age, what's next for you? Well, what's next is my biggest goal that I've had for the last 10 years, which is to be an agent or have an agency. Mm. And this has definitely shifted slightly for me. Um, I used to be in the performing arts world, so it used to be more about singing, dancing and acting and especially acting. Now I feel like I've moved into this um, health and wellness world. I feel like my next step is to have my agency that um, takes care of yoga teachers and helps set up um, speakers for events and manages you know, all those people that everyone's looking for, for their work functions and Mm. um, corporate gigs. I get asked a lot um, if I can recommend a really great yoga teacher or a really great um, spin um, instructor or a really good speaker or coach. Um, And why couldn't I support those people by helping them find work? Mm, That's a great idea. Mm. So thank you so much for your time today. Can you briefly share with us um, where listeners can actually find out more about you and what you're up to? Yes, um, definitely on my Instagram page at Benny Grimaldi and on my Facebook page, Benita Rose. Um, I'm looking to do a blog probably within the next 12 months. Cool. Thanks so much, Benita. Thank you. To find out more about Big Kindred and how we are empowering and elevating female entrepreneurial types just like you, please visit us at bkindred.com.au or follow us on Instagram at b.kindred. I look forward to you joining us next time. Bye for now.